0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have this very special guest, Ann Hill, with Hilltop Virtual Solutions. She and I have a lot in common uh, in our past, in our present, and I'm really excited to dive in and introduce you to her. But first, let's go into a little bit of background, shall we? So Ann Hill has had the desire to help others as far as she can remember, even as a child. Anne was rising to the rank of captain in whatever sport she played. She spent over 15 years in the physical therapy field where she thrived at managing the operations side of the business along with supporting multiple other rehabilitation managers in the area. She quickly realized how much of a correlation there was between the health of a person and the health of a business, and went on to create Hilltop Virtual Solutions, an agency dedicated to fine-tuning and streamlining the way companies run. As she became more familiar with the online space, and noticed business owners needed guidance and a sounding board for their entrepreneurial vision. She received her Director of Operations certificate and discovered the perfect way to match her expertise with the services of her clients clients' needs. Hilltop Virtual Solutions covers it all, from hiring and training new employees to establishing a solid and long-lasting foundation. Outside of her business, Anne enjoys spending time with her two boys, is an avid sports fan. Welcome to the show, Anne. How are you?
1: Hello. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you more today.
0: Yes, me too. And you've heard the show. And so you cheated and know the question and I didn't get a chance to create a new one. So I'm just going to ask like, what's your favorite cookie or memory?
1: (laughs) Yes. So my favorite cookie, um, are the flavors, peanut butter cookies. Um, I can remember my mom making peanut butter cookies for as long as I can remember. Um, we used to have that would come over and they were all excited because our parents would be making um, like actual homemade cookies, um, versus just having store-bought cookies that they felt <laughs> like they always got. And that I do for my kids is store-bought cookies. So, um, but I can remember, um, you know, always having that fresh smell in the house and, and peanut butter cookies were always my favorite.
0: I love peanut butter cookies. You can never go wrong with them. I mean, that's my favorite thing. I literally have a jar of peanut butter sitting on my desk right now. I mean, I, and for those of you who cannot see me, I just held up a huge jar of Jeff uh, and a spoon. So that's near and dear to my heart. So like I said, we have a lot in common. Uh, yeah. And so when we uh, first hopped on here before we hopped on air, uh, we were talking about our past as collegiate athletes. And so what sport did you play in college and give us a little background there?
1: Yeah, I played soccer when I was in, in college and growing up, I played a variety of different sports. I did, you know, a swim team for a little bit. I played basketball, I played volleyball, um, I am on the taller side, um, for, especially for female athletes, and so everybody always thought I would be doing more of basketball or, um, or volleyball, um, but I chose soccer. That was the route that I decided in, in when I got to the point in my childhood that you know you have to pick one sport when you really want to try to do something with it, and soccer was what I had enjoyed the most and had the most passion about. Um, and got to play for a few years in college prior to an injury, um, a knee injury. So as similar to you, you had an injury as well. (laughs) Yes.
0: And what position did you play and what school did you play for?
1: Uh, It was a small school in North Carolina. It was called Belmont Abbey. It's Mm -hmm. a little outside of Charlotte. Um, it was fun to always be like, "Yeah, I went to North Carolina to play soccer," and everybody always thought UNC. Ooh, you know, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> not quite UNC, but.
0: <laughs> and we idolized those players as kids, like growing up because I played soccer like you since I was five. And when they would come to town for the cups and stuff, like the Tar Heels and UNC were just like the B, like the BZs. I'm gonna say it's so. Yeah. Refreshing. Oh my gosh, why <laughs> that that saying just came to mind? But we would get their uh, signatures on the back of their shirts, and like they were amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. They and definitely I 100% agree they're phenomenal and very skilled players. I was a college player but not quite to that level of college. No, playing, right. So.
0: Right. <laughs> right. I know I played for a small school too, University of Tampa. So it was small. And um what position did you play? I can only imagine probably a defender or a goalie since a you were stopper
1: tall. Or sweeper. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of that central defender there. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I was a universal player. I they floated me around. I mean, majority of the time I was uh, offense, but I could play so I was short, I'm, I'm very small, so I, they use me for speed. So it, it, I miss the sport. I know that you probably do too. Right. I mean, yeah. forced into retirement with an injury is just the worst.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, it's been fun. Um, I have two kids and, um, it's been fun with my kids to introduce them to some of the sporting, um, activities and lifestyle and that sort of stuff. Um, I tried to get my oldest into soccer, but he was not. into Oh, it. me
0: too. I tried no. so hard. I have three and I was like, one of them is bound to like it.
1: <laughs> so I still have hope with my second one though. He's holding out
0: hope. My oldest one's more of, um, he's going to be more of a chess player. He's probably not going to be the the coordinate type, maybe swimmer, uh, but I'm holding out for my other two.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: I know it's like your hopes and dreams are dashed through your yeah. kids. <laughs> right,
1: yeah. So, so yeah, it has been fun though. Um, just to you know introduce them to the world of of sports and being on a team and you know that camaraderie that comes with with being an athlete.
0: Right, and similar um, to myself, you your degree is in the sports the sports world. Right. I mean, I feel like if you get injured after being a a collegiate athlete, you typically will go in either business, like maybe sports management or kinesiology or something like that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My initial thought when I went into college, um, was to be a teacher and I, I was going to do PE though. I'm like, I don't want to sit in a classroom. I want to do something active still. And so I thought, Oh, let's be a PE teacher. Um, and the way they do that, uh, certification, it's basically K through 12. So right, right. you have the ability to teach any age. So I didn't have to pick, you know, anything with that either. Yes. Um, I have Jenna, the
0: certification getting... too, by the way. Oh, do you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. They were trying to, they try to get me to come and coach their, uh, cross country team and, and PE. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was
1: actually a lot of fun, um, especially with <laughs> elementary kids. It was pretty fun, um, to teach them, but I had to know sports that I wasn't familiar with playing. And that was a little challenging at times for me. Um, but I, I could figure it out. So,
0: <laughs> so same yeah. here. it was a high school team and I did not run cross country. I was not a long distance runner. And, um, I just was like, I can figure this out. I ended up not taking the job, but, uh, you know, I, it's very similar and you're just <laughs> like, I could totally do cross country. You just have to, you know, I can, that's easy. Just run. <laughs> I'll give you some distances. So, and yeah. so you went into your degree is in... in physical
1: therapy. I went to school for that after, um, after tearing my ACL and going through the experience of therapy myself. Um, it was kind of ironic. My parents, uh, always thought that I would be in the medical profession in some way, shape or form, just based on my interests and, and stuff like that. And my mom had mentioned to me, I even remember when I was in high school, she would say, you know, you should look into physical therapy. You should see what this is about. I think it's something you might like. Um, But I just, I don't know if it was because I was a high schooler and didn't want to listen to my parents or what it was. But (laughs) I I just was like, no, no, I'm just going to do this. And um, after going through therapy myself, I thought, wow, this actually was pretty cool. I think I do want to change my major and continue on with school and go on after my bachelor's degree and get a degree in physical therapy. So, um, so I did that, did a little pivot and a switch there in the, I think it was about my junior year of undergrad that I did that and had to take some additional classes to get the the right prerequisites and go to PT school, um, and graduated from PT school and was very excited about being in the, you know, health and fitness and health and wellness realm. I liked what I did. Um, Unfortunately, in the world of the healthcare industry, in at least in the US, um, insurance dictates a lot more than I think they should.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's a, it's a big <laughs> hurdle for sure. I mean, that's a big hurdle that I also had to endure when I had surgery because I had to get home health after my first surgery because I had a terrible staph infection. And Oh wow! They wouldn't release me until the insurance company approved the home health person, but it was a Saturday. And of course, no, one's going to call you on a Saturday. And we didn't want to stay in the hospital two more days just to wait. And so we took our chances. So it was just a whole hurdle. Like they yeah. dictate so much. And luckily, uh, the insurance from my at least I don't know about you, but I was still covered under the school insurance. So mm. they were our secondary. So they covered anything. Our primary did not. And so when it came to the physical therapy, the school did it, I ended up doing it through the trainers at, from the team, from the soccer team. So that's, and it's intriguing on seeing it, which is what fascinated with me, fascinated me about it.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was just, it was one of those things where I I've learned a lot about, business in general, I've learned a lot about insurance from being in the healthcare industry. (laughs) Um, And, and then, uh, yeah, and just really kind of navigating the world of the experiences that I had being an athlete, then the experiences I had being through therapy um, led me to, to being the physical therapist. And, and it was a blast. I enjoyed it. It was definitely a stage in my life that I um, am glad that I went through that. Um, but after having kids, I'm also glad that I'm doing what I'm doing now. So,
0: <laughs> right. And so let's talk about that. So you own a, a it's called Hilltop virtual solutions yeah. and you do, can you tell the listeners like what kind of services you offer? And I really want to dive in on how you can totally do something differently based off of that's, that's not your degree and be successful with yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah, Definitely. So what I do now is I do work in operations um, with, uh, for the most part, I work virtually. Some of my clients are, are like brick and mortar businesses. Some are online businesses. So it's really just working with business owners to help them streamline their processes, look at efficient ways to do things and look at um, getting their their systems and procedures and processes in place so that the business owner doesn't have to feel like they are doing everything and that the business owner doesn't feel like they're the bottleneck in their business um, and where all decisions need to be um, like halted until they, they make those moves. So it's really looking overall at the efficiency and the health of their business and seeing um, how we can make things flow smoothly and help them flow, um, potentially even for the business owner to be able to, um, you know, take a vacation every day. Right. Now and then. <laughs> right. I mean,
0: that's really what it's all about is having your <laughs> business work for you and not you work in your business. Right. Yeah. And efficiency is everything and systems and having things just automate. I mean, we, well, it's just, I love it. <laughs> and so I, Being like, I'm in sales and marketing and I also am very systematic with things. And I feel like, because when you're an athlete, it's very ritualistic when you play, like I don't, I'm sure you had your own rituals when you were about to go into a game. Like for me, it was, I always put the right shin guard on the left shin guard, the right sock, the left sock, the right shoe, the right left shoe. It's very ritualistic. You don't do it any other way. And that's that. Right. And so I feel like when you get in that groove, it just carries on into your life. And it just, that's how we're right. It, 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 you oh, know. Yeah. oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Totally agree that it definitely, you know, there were certain orders that things had to be done And when we, you know, do our warm-ups, do our stretches, certain ways we needed to do everything as a team. Um, and then a certain music that had to be played, you know, yep. to warm up to and everything like yeah. that. So yeah.
0: What was the, the weirdest thing that you did? Like as a, as a athlete, um, like oh, something I, that I you don't... like had to have, or like you've again rich like maybe superstitious like you did it once you're like oh I gotta do it every time
1: I was um typically the last person to leave the locker room okay um and it wasn't because I was running late or anything like I would get there early before everybody else but then like I had a process of what I needed to do before going out onto the field um and I don't know if it was partly just being like defender i was always the one like backing up at the end of the team or i don't know what it was but it was like i always had to be that like at the end at the the last person to leave the locker room get out there and get get going so
0: interesting uh, yeah i like that i I don't know why (laughs) for me in high school i played high school like varsity um my dad like we had breaks before i had to go catch the bus to go to games and stuff so i sometimes would make it home or if i didn't he would bring it to me before I hit the bus. Like if I, I guess if we had a home game, I went home and he made me two cheeseburgers, like wrapped oh them in gosh. foil. I know it's the most random food you would ever eat before a soccer game. I, and they weren't like fast food. They are smaller, but like he would make me the cheeseburgers. He'd wrap them in foil, both of them. And I would eat one and I would take the other one to the game and I would eat the second one like right before we warmed up and I oh, wow. would score a goal every single game. I did that. And so <laughs> I had to have my cheeseburgers <laughs> from my dad could not be from a fast food restaurant. It had to be from him and he wow. would roll up on, on school and he would give them to me. he would still be warm. I would eat one on the bus. And then when, <laughs> like, when we got to the thing, if people thought it was the most craziest thing, but it. Fueled me. I guess it makes sense. It's carbs. It's protein. It's dairy. (laughs) It's all there. I mean, (laughs) I just was like, we can't leave without. And they would all they would they would ask like some of the players would be like, did you get your cheeseburgers? (laughs) Like we need to have them because it. We got all very just superstitious. (laughs) I, I, I know. I know. It's crazy. But um, but what makes I think business owners, athletes are just so just operational and you were saying that you thrive on the operation side of things like you like how things work me i'm more yeah. of like the sales relationships like the pep the pep person right
1: yeah i definitely do more of the back end when it comes to businesses looking at the um really and even in the sales and marketing side the more i've been in business the more i see that any person that's in the sales and marketing side that i've you know talked with or worked with they have their systems but they, it's all based on, like you're saying, the, the relationship, the CRM, it's based on the, but they're still tracking numbers. They're still looking at the analytics of what's working, what's not working. Um, but then after that customer or client gets into the business, that's when more of where I focus comes into play um, because it tends to be more of the, okay, well, now that we've, you know, closed the deal, now that the client is there, what do we do next? How do we make sure that that process and that journey that that customer is continuing to go through continues to be smooth, continues to be streamlined, continues to be a pleasant experience to where they want to tell others. And that they also become a continuing re- recurring customer um, sure. and that they love your the experience with your business. So
0: what's the typical size of the businesses that you work with and do you have any recommendations for like my listeners who might be looking into implementing systems, or when it's time to implement like a larger system? And if there's revenue goals that, or if you're hitting a certain revenue stream, like that's a really good time to start. Um, do you have anything on that?
1: Yeah. So let me go back to think of the first question that you mentioned. There, size of business. Sorry, I spent a lot. There you. Great.
0: So, what's the typical size business that you <laughs> typically? work with let's start there
1: (laughs) yes the size of businesses is typically really at that kind of they've been established I would say on average they've been established for at least two three four years that the the business has been in place and they've been seeing success they've been seeing growth um sometimes depending on what the business is sometimes they've seen rapid growth and they may not have been in business that long but they've just had that much growth that much revenue that that it they need the help um So with that, they usually are looking at like the business owner, maybe one or two other people and they need to continue to grow. They need to continue to scale. Those are tend to be the businesses that I I work with are in that realm. Um, With regard to when and what people could be doing and when they kind of need to start looking more at the operations in the system side. um, I mean, in reality, there it's never too early to start right. looking <laughs> That's what I say. Too early.
0: <laughs> do it right off the bat because then you don't have to, when you do grow, I always harp on that. Like you want to get your systems in place first, because yeah. when you grow, the worst thing is just to go backwards and try to figure it out and have all these growing pains, like yeah. have them in place and ready to go, ready to rock when you have that momentum.
1: And one other thing that it comes with systems that I really emphasize with everybody is that they are the, when, especially like an operating procedure or an operating manual or something like that. It's a living, breathing document. It's a living, breathing video. It should always be evolving. It should always be changing. Um, it's in all honesty, once you you know get through a few months of it, you're probably going to find minor tweaks that you want to make with a process. You're going to say, hey, you know, these 10 people went through this. And based on the feedback or based on my experience of what I've seen, I didn't like this part, but these other six parts went great. So let's tweak this one that problem area and let the rest of it flow the way that it was. And um, when it comes to operations of things that I would recommend or tips or pointers for people, I would say, number one, um, don't be afraid to even just take either a Word document or a Google document and just start writing out a process. It doesn't have to be a fancy elaborate tech tool to put the processes together. Um, And the second thing would be make videos. Like it, you can record yourself doing the work and save yourself a lot of training time in the back end later on when you are ready to bring someone on. If you just record yourself doing it while you're doing it and explain what you're doing
0: to the video. Absolutely. 100% visual and how to step by step. That's how I teach my clients. And I feel like they just learn so much better when you get to go and see it. Because when you read it on paper, sometimes if you're not if you're, you are a visual, then it, it's just like, where is that button? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know where to find it unless you are really specific. It's like top right corner, you know, if you're writing those things down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even if it's something that's not being done on screen, you can still record yourself doing something. Um, you can still record it, you know, it's it's possible to do something that's not on a Zoom camera, um, still right, right. <laughs> so. I know. Imagine
0: that, folks, <laughs> you know?
1: So, and so
0: yeah. yeah, it's it's the way of the world these days, but hopefully we're getting back to to normal. Yeah. you had mentioned brick and mortar businesses, so hopefully that they're back and we're up and running. And so how do you implement systems? Uh, do you implement systems kind of like we've talked about what I do at home and I have an SOP for like your home? Do you run your house? kind of like that as well, where you have rituals and systems. And I,
1: I, I do myself. My husband doesn't always like to follow it, but no, I do.
0: Like I mean, that's typical. Isn't that, isn't that really like yeah. they just fight it? They're like, ah, whatever. I like, am gonna do it my way anyway. And then yeah, they end up no, doing it the way, way, way that you tell them to it. do it. I mean, it's just come on.
1: <laughs> yeah. So in fact, even when it comes to, you know, cleaning and stuff, my husband will say he's not doing it while I'm in the house. Cause he's like, you're just going to tell me I'm doing it wrong anyway. So, oh, nice wait until you leave. <laughs> so.
0: Right. Or you'll end up doing it anyway. Right. Yeah. I know. It's like, that's not where that goes. Like, does it look like it goes there or does it look like it goes with the others that look just like it, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, in, in my house, I would say um, I try to emphasize some of that. In business, it, it tends to be a little easier for me to, to emphasize some of the operating procedures and the you know systematic documentation and that sort of stuff. Um, with the businesses that I work with, a lot of times what we'll start with is there's there tends to be kind of these different elements of business. You've got your, like I was mentioning, the sales and marketing, the onboarding process. Well, really, it's like the lead generation, the onboarding process, the fulfillment process, The offboarding process. like These are kind of the different areas of business that you see in general. Um, And it can be overwhelming for people that haven't done anything in the past. So a lot of times I will, or if they've done very little um, in the past with operations. So I will really emphasize only focus on one at a time. Um, Don't try to do it all at the same time because then you're really going to get overwhelmed. Um, And really just focus on one. Get one area that you feel is the most um, kind of the either the most time con- consuming or potentially the one that really just frustrates you the most. <laughs>
0: and, sure, and get but that you don't want to do yourself
1: figured out first and get that one checked off the list. And then once that process is ironed out, go to the next one um, and kind of work through it that way, so that you aren't um, just feeling like the weight of the world is on you, trying to get this all put together and not ever accomplishing it. So.
0: Sure. Sure. And so where, how can our listeners find you, or if they have more, more questions about how to actually implement them? I mean, for me, I teach them that they need this, but I don't do it for them. I give them options. <laughs> like I'm like, cause I, I can tell you like, you need automation. These are the things that you could use. Like I'll figure it out and like walk you through it, but that's, I don't do it for them or handle it for them in any way, shape or form. And some just don't, Want to do that either. So I don't know. Yeah. So I would love to um, where they could find you and um, the types of things that you could help them with.
1: Yeah. So I have, um, I am on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook. Um, I have my my links for that. And then my website is um, www.hilltopvirtualsolutions.com. Um, it definitely is a great place that anybody can go there. And there's a spot if people want to even just set up a time to chat and, and connect and kind of talk through what it is that they're looking for. That's, um, there's a link on my website that you can set up a time to connect and chat more. Um, w- the sort of things that I do, um, I do, I have an agency in my business. And, and so um, my team and I do implement a, a fair amount of these sort of things in businesses. We help set up project management tools. We help with some of the integrations on the back end also, um the automations and integrations like you were mentioning there uh once you really have ironed out what your systems are that's when you can start to look at are there ways that we can even streamline this more and help make it even more efficient but if you try to do the automations before you really know what your process is it doesn't help you very much
0: yeah 100% like you have to understand like what your goal is and then what you want to do with it and then let's figure out the best system and i'm sure you pair them with the software that they need and, you know, yeah. gauge that based on size and need and all that fun stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I, those are the things I love. I love playing in the back end of stuff and making it all connect and work Ooh, together. So. I know Cause it's so <laughs> great.
0: Like when you put, it's like, Oh, it works so nicely. You don't have to touch And then you're telling your client, don't touch it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't mess
0: with it. Just leave it be because you touch it. It's then, then what? Right. <laughs> And then I guess the one last thing I wanted to touch on is, um, we had mentioned this earlier and I was going to circle back is you had mentioned to me that you, that's why you're doing it more of like an agency because of your sports background and everything like that. And I wanted to tie that back together instead of being more of a solopreneur.
1: Yeah, I definitely enjoy, um, I enjoy being in charge. Um, and I enjoy being, um, on a team. I like having others that I work with, even in, the, in a remote world, I like being able to communicate with others. In the agency, I'm able to take the lead and and really kind of map out what it is that I need my team members to do for me. And then also with that, I like to um, be able, like I said, to be in charge. So (laughs) so I'm the one that's that's leading it all. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I decided um, of the agency route because I like the idea of continuing to grow and not being limited on how much I can do based on time. Um, if it, if I did want to be a solopreneur, or even if I just wanted to create a team under me that helped with some of the implementation, I I feel like at some point I still run into the limit of time. Um, whereas in the agency, you know, if I have the right team members with me and I'm training them and teaching them alongside with me, um, then we all can continue to just grow and expand from there versus being limited by time at some point. Um, but yeah, the background in sports, I definitely feel like I have always had people around me that I've been either leading or working with closely. So, um, so I matched that with my business model as well. <laughs> yes. I mean, you have
0: to, right. Cause it, I mean, it does take a village. It takes a team and you can't do it all on your own. And if you're leading one, it's just, um, if you're used to that as well, yeah. it comes naturally, especially if you're on a team sport since what, five years old. Yeah. You know, you just yeah, kind of built in.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess technically I did swimming, which sometimes can be a little bit more individualized, but otherwise, every still a sport- team, though.
0: I feel like that's like for at least my oldest, like if I could see, cause he likes to win, he gets really upset when he doesn't win or he can't get the ball. And so I don't know if like a team sport like a soccer or a basketball would work for him, but I feel like swimming might be a really good sport because it's an individualized sport. Yes. But you're on a team and you also have team races, but you're still a team. You race as a team. You have scoring as teams in some, in some way, shape or form.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You still are contributing to, to the team overall with it. So, um, so yeah, it has, it truly has been a team, um, around me with every activity I've done. So
0: (laughs) that's awesome. That's awesome. And for my listeners who are looking for uh, some good system ideas and, and maybe just some just good ways to do it. Uh, definitely go check out Ann at Hilltop uh, Solution Virtual Solutions and uh, give her a shout. And you'll find all of her links in the the show notes. And I was forgetting what I was going to say for for a minute, and so because I don't <laughs> want this to end, it's so fun. <laughs> but I really do appreciate you being here, and it was super great to get to know you. And it's so fun when you find like a fellow athlete that's so wired like you because they are like understanding because some people will look at me with like six eyes and they're like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. You speak my language. It's been a blast chatting with you today and, um, I've really enjoyed
0: it. Thank you. Well, Thank you so much for being here and listeners go check out Anne and her business. And, uh, we will see you next time on the chaos and cookies podcast. Bye everyone. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast.